certainly does fit with the kind of things that we have on our hearts today. And that has to do with the whole notion of, uh, of service, of giving ourselves completely to Jesus. You know, for a while we've been talking about uh, spiritual disciplines and spirituality and uh, the Holy Spirit within our church. And this morning, this notion of spiritual service through the Spirit working in us and causing us to, to be the servants that Christ wants us to be, it, it fits so well with this idea of sacrifice. And for, for someone to take on a child and to, um, to adopt a child, send money, and, and maybe more than money, but to put your life into somebody like that who is in need, is really an issue of Christian service. It's a question of how much we want to put ourselves out there on behalf of other people. So I want you to turn in your Bibles, uh, if you would, to Mark chapter 10. And I want to read a passage that really calls us to do just exactly this kind of thing. Mark chapter 10. I want you to listen to these words. And this is one of those, you know, this is one of those passages in the New Testament that just uh, exudes discipleship. You know, what does it mean to follow after Jesus Christ? And, and this is a passage that talks about it. It says, in verse 35, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. And they replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? We can, they answered. <laughs> I don't think they really understood. The baptism was talking about his journey to the cross. It was talking about the way that he was going to be immersed in all the things that he was going to be immersed in, in terms of taking the world's sins upon himself. They didn't get it. So yeah, they think they can do that. We can, they answered. Jesus said, you will drink the cup I drink. You'll be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. They don't have a clue, really, about what's going on here. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man, and watch the, watch the way here in which we're supposed to follow after Jesus. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And the fact is, is that we don't think very much about our lives as being something simply to be given over to others. Like we live in a world that just doesn't get this concept. And it's typical for us to hear people in the world talk about what they're trying to gain for themselves. And they're, they're interested in number one first... They're interested in achieving certain things in life first. They're interested in blessing their own lives with their efforts and getting the results that they want 
in their lives first, all those things are their priorities. But if Jesus was here, Jesus would say to us what he says to his apostles. He would say, not so among you. It is simply not to be among us the way that it is in the world, those priorities, they, those focus, those foci. Every time I use that word, somebody says, foci? Really? That's a word? Those foci, the things upon which we are supposed to focus, are not the same things as the world. And so there's a sense in which, yeah, and I know people can, people can in the world hear about Compassion Canada, and they can be uh, emotionally involved in that and pricked in their hearts and give some money. But it is a different thing when the disciple of Jesus Christ says, I want to give up some of my focus on my aspirations. I want to give up some of my own priorities. I want to give up some of the own, my own focus on self and my goals in order to be, for those around me, a servant. And so there's a sense in which our own happiness shouldn't be our goal. There's a sense in which pleasure for ourselves should not be our goal. Listen to these words again from Mark 10, 43. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. And so this morning, Jesus calls each of us to be slaves, to be those who make sacrifices on behalf of others. And it seems to me that that's the call that Jesus places on our lives. And it is a challenge. I mean, I can say this to you this morning. I can say, let's all be slaves to others. And we all think in one sense, yes, that would be nice. Wouldn't it be great if we would all love each other and be sacrificial and be servants of one another. But when you start to think about the things that you may well have to give up in order for that to be the case, that's where the challenge comes. Because I, I, we were talking in a meeting the other day and somebody said, you know, we, we don't have enough time to do all the things that we need to do. And so instead of adding extra things on when it comes to Christian service or serving God in various ways, instead of adding things on because we don't have enough time, we're going to have to cut some things out. And that's right. So what is it that you need to reorient? Or what is it that you need to cut out? What is it that you need to change in order for Christian service, servanthood, to be as present in your life as God wants it to be? That to me seems to be the question for this morning. What is it that you're willing to cut out in order to incorporate into your life the kind of Christian service that God wants to be present in your life? In 1996, we had the worst blizzard I've ever seen. And it wasn't here. It wasn't last week. In 1996, we were in Victoria, of all places. And they had one of those perfect storms that came together. And it started on Christmas Eve. Bruce Mann, one of our elders, went down to the church building with his backhoe and took his front loader and started shoveling snow off the uh, 
driveway of the church because it started to snow and we had church the next day. It was a Saturday night. He went home, took off his shoes, parked his back on his driveway, took off his shoes, went in the house and died of a heart attack. The last thing he did in his life was do some service for Jesus. I thought that was pretty cool. At the same time, across town, right across the street from one of the members of our church, Marlene and Randy McClure, a lady's husband, I can't remember her name, I wish I could, this lady's husband was having a heart attack about the same time that Bruce was. Well, an ambulance came through the snow, picked him up, and took him to the hospital. But unbeknownst to them, of course, and the wife, she was there for a while and then came home uh, when... They were, they were treating her husband and hopefully would preserve his life, but she, you know, she didn't stay there for the days that he was in the hospital. Unbeknownst to her, the snow was going to continue, and it did. And it kept piling up and piling up and piling up to the point where after about four days, we had about three feet of snow covering all of Victoria. And it's completely different there than it is here because there's no snow equipment. They don't have plows there the way they do here. You know, we, we probably have per capita 10 times or 15 times the number of snow plows as what they have in Victoria. They couldn't begin to get all the snow gone. Well, after about four days in the hospital, this lady who lived across the street from Marlene and Randy, her husband took a turn for the worst. And it looked as though he probably was not going to make it. And so they called her at home because she couldn't get out anywhere. Uh, like all the streets had three feet of snow on them. There were no cars moving anywhere. People were walking to the store from everywhere. There was, just, there was no movement of traffic whatsoever throughout the city. So she was at home. She gets a phone call and says, your husband's taking a turn for the worse. We don't think he's going to make it through the night. You need to get here if you can. Well, she was in anguish because she couldn't get there. And so she called Randy and Marlene across the street and was just sharing with them what was going on. They, in turn, called another one of our church members, Stacy Kitsa, who happened to own a snowmobile. He's probably the only one in Victoria who owned a snowmobile. And this one was completely broken down. He, you know, he'd been trying to get it running. He was a mechanic. He had been working on it, but it wasn't really ready. But when he heard the story, he went out to his garage and started putting this thing together quickly and trying to make it run. He did get it to run. So he climbed on his snowmobile and he drove the snowmobile to this lady's house. Frequent times on the way there, the snowmobile died, and he kept having to get it going again. He finally does. He gets to her house, and he goes in, and he puts this 68-year-old woman on the back of his snowmobile for what turned out to be a four-hour journey to the hospital because the snowmobile consistently died all the way there. Uh, it was probably by car 18 minutes ended up taking about four hours with him constantly having to get off the machine, start it again. She was very patient. The lady got to the hospital and her husband died 30 minutes later. And Stacy, of course, after driving the snowmobile for four hours, has to then probably have a two or three hour drive back home as the snowmobile continues to die all the way home. Well, why did he do that? I mean, you know, it could have been easy for him to say, you know, I can't do this. But he did. And my guess is that it was very frustrating, that it was hard work. I'm guessing he slept incredibly well that night, exhausted, because he had given himself to somebody who at that position really needed his help. And the fact is, is that God knows all kinds of situations, 
all over our city, all over our world, and in our lives where we are needed. And if we're willing to be the kind of servants who say, my own life is not all that important to me, which runs entirely in contrast to the rest of the world. But when we say that, my life is not all that important to me, and I'm willing to put myself out there for others, we end up looking an awful lot like Jesus. And the Spirit calls us to just this kind of servanthood. And so I just wanted to encourage you this morning to think deeply about what it means to be a servant. Service isn't always easy. Service isn't always convenient. Service isn't always done just on top of all the things that we want to do, and then we do service because we've already got those things out of the way. There are times when being a servant of Jesus Christ calls you to give up things for him. To say, I am willing to sacrifice some things in my life for Christ. And that's what we do because we follow after Jesus And so what are the ways in which you need to make sacrifices? What needs to be cut out so that you can slip in its place the kind of service that God wants you to give to him? Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful for the sacrifices that others make in order that those who hurt, those who have needs, those who need us, have their needs met. And Father, we sometimes we just choose the convenient way. We do what's easy. Uh, we give money. Uh, that's not even that difficult. Lord, we pray that you'd help us to reflect on our, our daily lives, the, the, the things that are taking up our time, taking up our effort and our focus. And help us to think, Father, about ways in which we might, in fact, serve others in your name. Father, we're not, we're not longing to be first. But we know that those who become last become first as we sacrifice ourselves for you. Jesus did that, and we praise you for that. Help us to do the same. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen.